You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everybody, welcome to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Uh, let's do this right. This is Jim Hedger from WebmasterRadio.fm and Dave Davies from Beadstock SEO. Did I get that right this time, Dave? You sure did. <laughs> hey, did you hear the music? It's going on in the background the whole time. I think I, I sure do. I wonder if that's going to play the whole show. That was like a well, no, that was that that that's what they call in the business a bed track. I, I, just, I, I learned these things as I go along, right? That's like a bed track, and that's supposed to play in the background to give gravitas to our voices and make us sound so much more important as we introduce what is actually going to be a really cool show today. I agree. I think we've got an interesting, yeah, it's, it's an interesting day in the tech world, and uh, we've got a great show to go along with that. Yeah, did, what, 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 did you go to Google and type in interesting day or something and immediately get, like, all the stuff people are writing on Twitter about how interesting today is? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I didn't. I didn't. That, that's kind of sad. But uh, Windows 7 launched. So, you know, I mean, that that's going to make for an interesting day. Hey, you know, Windows 7 is like the number one title on Amazon right now, eh? That is not even a little bit surprising. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> uh, interestingly enough, I don't know if that's a coincidence in, in timing, but I know the last couple updates at least in our office, on my home machine, on my mother-in-law's machine, something in the last round of updates on Vista has just caused problems, shall, shall we say. variety of different problems. I've got one machine that one monitor won't work. I've got other problems on other machines. So, uh, yeah, I mean, of course, we're all looking into ways to solve this by upgrading. 
<laughs> a new operating system. Um, but I, I know we've got, like, uh, Daryl here. I don't know. You know him. Well, of course you know him. Uh, it's just anxiously awaiting. I didn't do the beta. He did. Apparently, it's just I, I need to go out there probably right after the show and, and buy a copy because, you know, this is the uh, best thing since, uh, since you know, sliced bread. But uh, what's your take? Uh, I haven't seen Windows 7 yet. I'm really looking forward to it, like totally looking forward to it. I um, I used Vista, uh, the first the first edition of Vista, for about 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and it cost me two days. So I was, um, yeah, I'm, uh, I was making fun of Vista for years and years and years, too. So I'm so glad to see that they've reskinned it, worked out a whole bunch of the bugs. Um, you know, I, I think it's safe to say that Windows 7 is what Vista should have been. Although, again, I haven't seen it yet. I've just read the reviews. Um, I've spoken to other people who've used the beta who said it was great. Um, the uh, the guys at Microsoft seem really excited about it. But, you know, you, you, you know the thing that gets me most about, about Windows 7? <laughs> I, I can't help but seeing this stuff. And actually, you know what? I, I I blame Rebecca Lieb for this this for for my impression of Windows Seven because Rebecca was uh, well, well Rebecca Lieb on Facebook yesterday put up a post about the Windows Seven launch party commercial the six minute video that Microsoft put out showing you how to run a launch party did did you see that video No no I did not Oh. Wow. I mean, like, okay, so what you do is you get, like, a middle-aged white guy, a really old white woman, a middle-aged white woman with, like, beautiful blonde hair, and some, like, uh, really big, like, you know, like, football player black guy, right? And they're all hanging around drinking lemonade in a, in a nice suburban kitchen talking about the Windows launch party they were about to throw. And they're all excited. And they're explaining different apps to each other and how this works and how that works. And then they talk to the camera and talk about how you could have so much fun throwing a Windows launch party. And, um, like, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. All I could think of was, you guys have $100 million with which to advertise this puppy, and this is what you come up with. And, you know, I know a lot of blogs out there, and I know a lot of newspaper outlets, and uh, one really good online radio station that I've been going to Microsoft saying, hey, guys, we are your core base, and they produce this crap instead. Like, no wonder these guys can't market their way out of a paper bag. That's, <laughs> But it's, apparently it's a very good operating system. I, I have heard good things, and I think, you know, it's, it's funny you bring that up. Uh, I, I think, you know, all of our regular listeners can reflect back to when we were ranting and raving about uh, – uh, an ass commercial, and I, I don't know what it is that search engines and 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 a lot of tech com- a lot of tech companies nail it, and then it appears that the bigger the budget, the bigger the problems that you end up having <laughs> with what you're doing. Like I don't know if it's a goal to try and exhaust the budget. Um, anyways, um, speaking of advertising Windows Seven, I have got to post into the chat room here again. All of our listeners should be in the chat room. Um, a commercial, <laughs> or I guess it's a it's an ad and the launch of uh, by Burger King Japan of a Windows Seven Whopper, actually sponsored by the software manufacturer over in Japan. Uh, yeah, guess take take a guess at how many patties this puppy has. Seven. What are they? What, 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 what? Customers who have corneries are not repeat customers. Microsoft, you dumbasses, don't kill your customers. 
<laughs> I just, I, you know, I mean, my stomach gets ill just kind of looking at it and going, oh, my God. <laughs> I look at the ones with, you know, like three patties and go, who orders that? Uh, you know, now you got now you got seven. <laughs> but there we are. Um, okay. Steve Palmer, Dave, is literally three kilometers, uh, maybe a mile and a half, two miles away from me right now in a, in a conference, in a conference room in Toronto giving a speech. Like Balmer's here, and he won't come visit. I, I asked him out for lunch. I told him I'd take him. I'd take him out to uh, to go see the the Core Blunt Band tonight down at the Horseshoe, which I'm going to. Um, but uh, no, no, no response. And you know, five minutes of my time could save him hundreds of millions of dollars. <laughs> Just let me proof your commercials. Yeah. Um, a- all right. So, what else? Uh, anything else in uh, the wild world? You know what? I, I realized that I, I wanted to launch in with this Windows 7 thing, and I, I ended up kind of dominating. We are short on time for news. So, is there one anything else thing. that you want to cover? I've got to get in. I've got to get in. I've got to mention this. It's cool. It's neat. Okay. Google and Twitter signed a deal last night. In a few weeks, I think, uh, actually, as I understand it, they're already popping up in SERPs, but... Um, Officially, in a few weeks from now, you should be seeing real-time search going across the Google search engine. Now, this mightn't seem like huge news because Bing, uh, Microsoft's Bing, struck a deal with Twitter uh, two, two, three weeks ago of a uh, similar deal, real-time search on Bing. Except when Microsoft did it, that made them a little bit different than, uh, than, uh, than, than Google. Now that Google's done it, Microsoft and Bing have lost one of the, another of their great differentiators. But for search engine optimizers out there, Twitter is, has, has, has suddenly become an even more critically important marketing channel. Indeed. Indeed. The pesky thing just keeps getting more and more. You know what? And I think they're doing stuff like this just to prove me wrong because I didn't like Twitter when I first started to use it. <laughs> it's, it's all to get me, I think. Um, hey, there's an interesting question. Uh, actually, two things. Um, our guest, who's actually hanging out in the chat room, Brian Smith from SingleFeed, uh, noted that Yahoo has also signed a search deal with Twitter. Mm-hmm. And then another person in the in the chat room, uh, GODV, asked, do you guys advise to lock your tweets? That's an interesting question. Um I think it really depends on what you're using Twitter for. Um, the way that we use it, I'd say, God, no! Indeed, but I do suppose that, yeah, that depends on... Well, no, I can't think of why you would. What, what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, I think only if, 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 if you want to vainly try to keep your tweets within a very small circle of friends um, and not allow... Uh, people to retweet them or to uh, reply to them, then, yeah, lock them down. Right. But given the multiplier, I mean, Twitter's cool. I got, like, a couple thousand people following me. So I put a message out, and that goes to a couple thousand people. But I could do the same thing with Facebook, right? Right. Except for one thing, the retweet effect. That's, like, exponential, oh, my goodness, growth. Like, Indeed, uh, and I guess that's where I was kind of not confused by the question per se, but kind of going right. I'm thinking as a marketer, going why, why, why would you, would you want to? Um, but yeah, I suppose there are some some valid valid reasons why, as a marketer, you may choose to lock specific ones. I wouldn't make it a blanket rule though, but because uh, of well, course, yeah, you want the retweet, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. 
A little while ago, Webmaster Radio tried an experiment. This is a, this is the dawn of our Twitter usage. This had to be six, eight months ago before we started really maxing on Twitter. And we were having uh, Captain Paul Watson was going to be a guest on Rainmaker. Um, and so we decided to see if we could reach 750,000 people in a day. And we did. It blew us. It, it was mind-blowing. We just kept tweeting and retweeting and just pumping the stuff out, and we're estimating that we reached over three-quarters of a million people in one day. Wow. Um, that's the Twitter effect. Um, okay. I'm getting messages from the studio saying – you guys are rambling again – and uh, <laughs> Brian Smith from Single Feed is sitting on, uh, is sitting on the phone waiting for us. So, Dave, um, you, did, you did a lot of the legwork to get Brian in. So why don't you give Brian an introduction and then take us to break? All right, perfect. Well, folks, stay tuned. We're just going to a quick commercial break here, but we have got Brian Smith, an authority uh, on shopping engines. I'm really looking forward to this interview and to this show. I have been for, for a good few days now. So stick around. We're going to be back for a really great interview here on uh, Webcology on Webmaster Radio. Talk to you soon. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Here's your bill. Thank you so much, guys. Hey, it's all right. I'll take care of the tab, Jason. Well, thanks, Dave. How are you doing so well these days? It seems everyone's in a pinch for cash. RevenueWire.com, that's how. RevenueWire? Yeah, RevenueWire.com is an all-in-one platform offering affiliates high-demand software from top-notch PC utility merchants. With 75% commissions, twice-monthly payouts, incredibly accurate analytics tools, RevenueWire is making me more money today than I did in the last few years put together. Even in this economy? Especially in this economy. RevenueWire has a ton of great products to meet the demand. I'm telling you, this network is recession-proof. RevenueWire, the recession-proof network platform. For more information, visit RevenueWire.com today. That's RevenueWire.com. Did you know? 99designs is a leading marketplace for graphic design on the internet. Did you know? 99designs connects you to a community of over 35,000 designers who will compete to do the best work for you. Did you know? 99designs allows you to post projects for logo design, web page design, t-shirt design, and more. Did you know? 99designs projects need an average of over 70 different design options for a price that you set. 99designs. When designers compete, you win. Want to learn the biggest asset to driving online success? Let me introduce you to my expert advisor, PixelSilk. PixelSilk is a robust content management system built on a foundation to create online marketing success. It's the only content management system that offers keyword-specific SEO advice, can integrate with your shopping cart system, and offer multi-site management. PixelSilk frees my time while making my company's website easy to manage and promote. Even better, PixelSilk has been embraced by the SEO community. I'm Bruce Clay, and PixelSilk is the first CMS I have ever felt good about recommending. With this winning combination, we have all the tools we need. PixelSilk.com, the ultimate in SEO-driven CMS. Shopping for the best e-commerce tips, tricks, and techniques? Looking for better ways to push your product out of your online store? Watch your shopping cart overflow because you found the e-com experts. The e-com experts show you what you need to know to be a successful online retailer. Learn their search marketing strategies, their web marketing wisdom, and their calculated conversion measures. Ecom Experts, Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. 
commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everybody. This is Jim Hedger from webmasterradio.fm and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, and you're listening to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. We are chatting with Brian Smith from Single Feed here. Uh, Brian, let's start with this. Uh, you're an expert on the area of shopping, shopping feeds, shopping engines, optimizing for uh, for shopping. Maybe start us out with why bother, and, and then we can go on from there. Sure. Um, so just want to make sure one more time, you can hear me, correct? I can hear you. Perfect. Okay, because I didn't want to talk about gremlins that much more. Um, <laughs> so shopping engines, why they matter. So my background is a lot of internet marketing. I started out about 13 years ago with like goto.com. Um, so I was doing pay-per-click. I was, I've done SEO. I've done email marketing, banners. I even got involved with adware. So why do shopping engines matter? Um, they matter because they can drive traffic for retailers, for electronic retailers, for online merchants. They can drive traffic and they can drive sales. Um, and to prove that, all you have to do is go to Google, Yahoo, Ask, or Bing, type in almost any product, and you will see shopping search results. Um, you might see them from that specific engine. So if you're on Yahoo, you might see Yahoo shopping results. If you're on Google, you might see Google shopping results in, in their one-box listings. But also on the side of Google and Yahoo in their sponsored listings, you'll also see plenty of advertisements for Shopzilla or Nextac or Pricegrabber and all the other shopping engines out there. So all these shopping engines do an amazing job marketing themselves through the search engines and other ways. And if you're not listing on them, you're missing out on valuable traffic and valuable sales. So do you have any numbers then for what is, I know recently I have, but I don't consider myself an, an average searcher at this stage in, in the game. Um, are there any numbers in regards to the trends um, of, of the use of these, these shopping engines? So I don't have specific data in front of me right now. I look at Comscore numbers every couple months. Um, the traffic on the shopping engines in general stays pretty steady throughout the year, and then there's a little bit of an increase for the holiday shopping season. But in general, for, for the last three years, um, all shopping engines have, have been saying that around a third of the Internet audience in the United States passes through a shopping engine during peak holiday shopping season. So 33% of users online go through the shopping engines in some way, shape, or form, and uh, that stays pretty consistent. And a lot more merchants, uh, sorry, users, general searchers, are seeing shopping engine listings because of things like Google One Box results or uh, Yahoo shortcuts. So huge traffic there, and the shopping engines in general keep that pretty consistent over month over month. You know, Brian, shopping engines have been around since actually since the days before Google. Um, and I yeah. remember you were publishing uh, your your shopping engine focused blog, Comparison Engines. I think you started that in two thousand and one, maybe two thousand. Has there been greater adoption in the last decade of shopping engines by merchants, um, or are uh, are the engines still out there struggling to get attention from from the merchants? So first, I'd love to say I've been blogging since 2001, but I do have to say it was only since uh, May of 2005. Um, but in really? general, <laughs> the last uh, yeah, it hasn't been that long. Um, but uh, 
It's been a great ride so far. So the shopping engines, um, I guess in terms of adoption, in terms of merchant adoption, I think they've, they've slowly and steadily grown in terms of the number of merchants there that are listing on the shopping engines. But incredibly enough, they're just not at sort of that mass reach or mass appeal yet. Most, most online advertisers, be it merchants or other um, advertisers out there, start with search engine optimization. And then they move on to pay-per-click marketing. And then they move on to affiliate programs um, and or email marketing. And then somewhere fifth or sixth down the list is shopping engines. And unfortunately, um, unfortunately, fifth or sixth doesn't mean much when everyone's spending 80% of their time on number one, getting to the top of Google. So that's what I'd say in general, but especially over the last year and a half, two years maybe, as Google shopping, um, also it used to be known as Frugal, um, Google Base, it's now Google Merchant Center or Google Shopping, um, since they've started uh, um, bringing up more one-box results, more and more people, more and more merchants especially, have gotten used to seeing these shopping results show up at the very top of the um, SERPs and therefore starting to want to take advantage of it. So I think that Google product search or Google base has seen, has seen incredible growth over the last couple of years. Um, and the other shopping engines, probably a lot less in terms of merchant adoption or new merchant adoption. But every day at single feed, we're dealing with um, lots of new merchants who are like, hey, you know, we've tapped out on SEO or tapped out on pay-per-click. We've done all the optimization that we can on our, on our pay-per-click campaign. We need more traffic and sales. What can you do for us with the shopping engines? So it's, it's a new channel for a lot of merchants and therefore a great opportunity for a lot of merchants. Well, Brian, let's actually jump to single feed right now. Um, could you describe what single feed does and, well, what can you do for the merchants? Sure. So the basic problem with the shopping engines, or there are a couple. Um, um, I, I'm known as being critical of the industry that supports me in lots of ways. But uh, in general, all these shopping engines um, are listing products from the merchants. And in general, they get products through what are called data feeds, which are just these ugly Excel files. Think of them as a big, ugly Excel spreadsheet with all of your products listed down the rows and all of your product attributes listed in the columns. So an attribute might be a product name or a product description or an image URL or an image link or a price. Um, and it goes on and on to, so like, length, width, height. Um, it can be... Uh, screen resolution, if you're talking about um, a TV or an LCD monitor. Um, it can be weight, if you're talking about a clawfoot tub. So there are all these attributes which you can include for all of the shopping engines. Now, the interesting thing is there are no standards in the industry. So one shopping engine, let's say Google Product Search, might have five required fields and then 30 optional fields. Um, and another shopping engine, shopping.com, might have eight required fields and then ten different uh, optional fields. And I'm just using this as, as an example. Now, just right there, one shopping engine, engine has five required fields, another has eight required fields. Well, you can't submit the same feed to both of those shopping engines. If you dig in a little bit deeper, you know, you'll notice that shopping.com might call their product name just title. And they'll only accept title and only understand title. While Price Grabber, another leading shopping engine, might call your product name product underscore name. 
And if you don't give them exactly what they want in that Excel spreadsheet or that data feed, they might reject your feed because they just don't understand what you're giving them. So there are no standards in terms of what you submit, no standards in terms of how you submit it, no standard in terms of what you name things. And then it gets even worse with things like categorization. Each shopping engine has a different way that you categorize products. Um, if I'm wearing, I'm wearing a dress shirt right now, a men's dress shirt, one shopping engine, let's say Nextag, might call it, might have a category, category called men's, clothing and apparel, shirts, tops. Another might have, let's say shopping.com, might have just plain old clothing. And you can't just submit plain old clothing to Nextag because they have a more detailed mega taxonomy or taxonomy. Um, so it's something, it's, it's basically a jumbled mess and no standards in the industry. And therefore what single feed does is we enable a merchant to submit one single data feed with, um, you know, it might be more in depth than any one shopping engine's data feed, but you submit it just once with lots of requirements. And what we'll do is we'll validate it, um, we'll spit back errors, and then we'll submit the, the data feed that you give us in the right format for each of the shopping engines. So we'll parse it out 17 different ways for 17 different shopping engines to enable you to save lots of time and money. So at a base level, what we're doing is helping you create 17 shopping engine feeds with just one data feed. So it saves you a ton of time really preparing these feeds and sending them out every single day. Now, I'm going to take us off in a, in a slightly different tangent here because that sounds like that solves a problem. Now, of course, I'm an SEO. A lot of our listeners are interested in, in you know, sort of organic rank, pay-per-click rank, basically the ranking side of things. So I'm going to take us down in, in just a couple minutes on that tangent, not just, gee, how do I get my feed in there, which is obviously important. It's like saying it's important to get your site indexed. Um, but then on the other side, okay, now that it's in there, now what do I do? But I know that's going to be, uh, I want to go uninterrupted into, into that series of questions here. So I'm just going to take us out for a, a quick uh, couple-minute break here just to get that out of the way. Um, so we'll be back here shortly with Brian Smith from Single Feed. This is Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO with Jim Hedger from Webmaster Radio. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. Thank you very much. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. 
So you're telling me your affiliate program on the local pages affiliate network is performing as well as your handicap? Absolutely. Thanks to their top-tier XML feed, I'm able to monetize all of my traffic. They handle all of my volume to anywhere in the world. Plus, I also get high cost per click and the most exclusive of advertisers to work with. You should join the club. Sounds good. I can't wait to join. But first, let's work on that tee shot. Use the power of local pages with over 5 billion searches per month and the largest database of paid search listings. Let Local Pages Affiliate Network personalize your account and give you the search tools and solutions you need. Become a Local Pages Affiliate today with localpages.com. Please hold while we connect you to one of the most sought-after experts in SEO, analytics, and web development. Office Hours with Vanessa Fox, Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercial's off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, well, welcome everybody. back to welcome Webcology back. here on WebmasterRadio.fm. Uh, this is Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO here with Jim Hedger from Webmaster Radio, and we are having the pleasure to chat with Brian Smith from Single Feed. Brian, welcome back. Before we went away, uh, I mentioned that I wanted to go down the tangent of, okay, we've got our feed in there. Now what? Now, I just, uh, during the break there, ran a, a, just a simple search here, buy gift baskets. You know, Christmas is coming up. Maybe I want to send some somewhere. I'm looking at the top three there. I've got, uh, well, the shopping results are coming in at the, in the sort of quasi number four spot. I got Target, Walmart, and Overstock. If I'm a gift basket manufacturer and I'm not, you know, a Fortune 500 company, is there a hope for me? And how do I make that happen? There's a, there's a great hope for you. So, um, you know, if you had asked me a little bit more about single feed, I would have said that our main, you know, we solved that problem of taking, you know, uh, saving people time. But the next most important thing is submitting great quality data to the shopping engines. Um, and Google product search is right there up there as one of the most important shopping engines. So, you know, this looks a little bit suspicious here. Target, Walmart, Overstock.com, big, bad retailers out there um, who have millions of dollars uh, in, in uh, online marketing spend each and every day on Google AdWords and other places. And that looks a little bit tainted as three top listings there. But most likely what's really happening is those three, um, those three, three uh, companies, Target, Walmart, and Overstock.com, is giving Google product search exactly what they want. So everyone spent all this time and effort creating a great website that's very search engine friendly. You have the opportunity with a data feed to do the exact same thing. So Google product search, for instance, um, requires, I think they're up to six fields, six attributes, things like um, image, link, title, description, price, but they have lots of recommended fields also. And I have a feeling what's happening with Target, Walmart, Overstock, and some of these um, bigger companies that are listing that you see on this first page of results is that they're submitting more data. So they're submitting things, they're submitting other attributes like product type. Google has an attribute called product type, um, which is basically their categorization. So Google has 2,000, 3,000 different nodes in this big, long categorization chart, and, some, and, and it's only a recommended field. But if you start adding things that are recommended, things like shipping weight or things like tax, Google starts to look at that data and um, rank you a little bit better. 
Um, so they have it as part of their algorithm to see who's submitting the best quality data and will give preference to those guys, just like you know they would for who has the most search engine-friendly site and most incoming links. That helps you with the search engines. Well, having the best data, the more most complete data, the highest quality data um, will help you with the shopping engines. So it's not just about submitting a data feed. It's submitting the best quality data feed possible. Now, as, as you said earlier, Brian, every engine, every shopping engine – and where I'm going to include Google as a shopping engine in this example. Every shopping engine takes a slightly different feed. How do you prioritize your your work efforts and your time efforts? Sure. So what we recommend when merchants come on board with single feed is that they go for the big guys originally. Look, if they're not willing to actually um, uh, commit the time and effort, um, they're not going to do really well. But, you know, once they've made the, the decision, hey, I want to be on the shopping engines, we tell them to start with about six shopping engines. We tell them to start with Google Product Search, Nextag, Pricegrabber, Shopping.com, Shopzilla, and Yahoo Shopping. Those are the six big guys who consistently drive the most traffic for our merchants, most traffic and, and highest uh, sales as well, um, most revenue. Now, it's going to differ for every single shopping, uh, for every single merchant out there because they're in different categories or, you know, there's a special promotion for Halloween gifts and that Become is running. But for the most part, those six worked really well. So all I'll say is that with every, every internet marketing channel, you want to track and you want to test. So I don't really care which of the shopping engines you're going to get up on, but get up on a couple of them and see how it works. It's going to be different for every merchant in every category. Perfect. Now, now the big question. Something that, well, you know what, all of these are big questions, but something that everybody listening, everybody who's a potential customer of yours, uh, and I know this because one of my clients is interested in your services, they asked me to ask this question, uh, and that is, now what do they have to do? I mean, everything is some work. What do they need to provide you? How, how does this thing work? <laughs> like basically, yeah. What what do they need to give you? How much work is involved in getting into these? And what's the potential potential ROI? I know the customer that I have is already submitting an Excel feed over into Google, making good money. Uh, it's working out really, really well for them. Was looking at your service, but what do they have to hand to you so that you can make this go and 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 make it a much easier process for them in the long run? Sure. So whether they use single feed. Submit, uh, use another data feed provider, and I'd, I'd ask everyone to do lots of research. There are other guys out there. Or whether they submit uh, individually, they have to create this data feed. That is the first step. And the, the big recommendation there is to include as much high-quality information in that data feed as possible. So some e-commerce platforms make it really easy. Um, so we have single feed as a hookup into um, someone like Magento where a Magento store can just install our extension, hit a button, and they'll create the data feed that we need um, and export it directly to us. OS Commerce, same thing. Yahoo Store, same things. And then if you're on your own in-house platform, you need to create a data feed. Um, and we'll send you the specs, or your dev team will look over the specs for each of the individual engines, and you'll create a spec in a, a data feed in that uh, format. And the one thing I'd recommend there is just Pay very close attention to all the optional and recommended fields. Don't just submit the basics or submit the minimum, um, just like you wouldn't submit um, or just wouldn't uh, sort of do the minimum requirements with paid search. 
um, or, or SEO, you don't want to do the minimum requirements with, with sh- the shopping engines either. So include as much high-quality data as possible. Um, you have, probably have to talk to your engineering team and make sure that uh, they can just create this automated daily export to all the shopping engines or to someone, someone like SingleFeed. Okay, Brian, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's put on our fantasy caps for a second and pretend that Google doesn't exist. No, I, I know that's hard to do. It's <laughs> increasingly hard to I, do. I've lost already. Okay. <laughs> if Google didn't exist, it just, it, it, it's a weird alternate universe, what would the number one source of merchant traffic through, through shopping-like sites or shopping-like engines be? Uh, number one source, well, it would be organic, so, so their own sites would be the number one source, um, because plenty of people do know sites like shopping.com and would go directly to that site or next tag. But to get to your point, the next thing down the list would be partners. So if you go to cnet.com and type in a product to look at a review, you'll notice that there are shopping engine listings there. If you go to WashingtonPost.com, you'll see shopping engine listings there. Um, these shopping engines have built out huge affiliate networks with very strong partners that drive a ton of traffic. Price Grabber, in particular, has a network of over, I think, over 300, if not lots more sites. So if you go to things like DP Review um, or very high-quality blogs that focus on digital cameras or electronics or, you know, even just blogs that focus on, um, on sweaters, like the coolest, newest sweater from a great designer, these shopping engines have amazing uh, connections into these sites, um, basic, and they basically act as affiliates or as a publisher network. So it's these third-party sites which have great content the shopping engines are taking advantage of. Do you see any movement amongst uh, major media outlets, um, online newspapers, online TV networks, etc., to use shopping engines as a revenue source, um, sort of like replacing the classified ad section? Sure. So interestingly enough, one of the shopping engines, Shopzilla, um, they're owned by a company called Script Network, um, Script Network Interactive, which also owns uh, things like the Food Network or HGTV or Fine Living, um, which is a magazine, a TV show, and uh, an online site. So there's a you know perfect example of if you actually go on to um, uh, if you go to HGTV.com or FoodNetwork.com, you'll see lots of ads from uh, Shopzilla um, because they know that they can monetize that traffic really well. Um, in terms of the bigger guys out there who have, like, newspaper sites and stuff like that, you know, look, Yahoo and Google are dominating that with their, with their sponsored listings. Um, and people are going to newspapers for general news. They're not necessarily thinking about shopping. So I think that those regular sponsored ads from the, the major, shopping, major search engines are probably a better fit there. But, you know, all of the shopping engines would love to create a co-branded site for the New York Times about shopping or about buying the best electronics or gadgets or sweaters or dresses. So I think you'll see more and more of that because, truthfully, the shopping engines can't always um, re- uh, always rely on traffic from Google or Yahoo or the other major search engines. 
Okay, Brian, we're uh, we're rounding into the last five minutes of the show, um, so I want to I want to jump back to more of a webmaster focus um, for for a, a lot of our listeners are active webmasters and such. Eh? What do uh, what does web what do webmasters, especially merchant webmasters, have to think about in uh, making their websites um, amenable to shopping searchers? Sure. So I think from a webmaster point of view, what you have to realize is that it's not just about SEO anymore. It's not just about these sponsor links. So they've, I think webmasters are pushed, you know, if you go to PubCon this year, there are 17 million sessions about great SEO and pay-per-click and affiliate programs. There's not much discussion. There's no discussion, actually, about the shopping engines. So what webmasters need to know is that they can significantly, significantly drive traffic and revenue, new revenue, to their sites with just a simple data feed. And why not start out with a simple free shopping engine like Google Product Search? Um, so just having that knowledge that there's another opportunity there besides SEO um, is a great first step. And then the second thing is knowing that what's on your website isn't most likely the best thing for the shopping engine. So you might have these amazing descriptions on your site. And we see this many times with uh, with uh, fancy catalog sites where they're talking about a sweater and it's like the description will say, this fuzzy bundle of love will keep you and your loved ones warm for, the, uh, for those cold winter months. And that's a beautiful description that once someone's on their site, they understand what's happening. But what webmasters need to know is that content does not translate well to the shopping engine. Someone at the shopping engine is ready to buy and a bundle of fuzzy warmth is not going to do it. They need to actually create alternative titles and alternative descriptions in their catalog so that the shopping engines can see things like this red sweater is made, is cable knit and will therefore keep you warm. And that's not the best example of a great title, but you can see how it's much more focused and descriptive using smart keywords um, than just, you know, the fundal, fuzzy bundle of warmth, which might be on the website. So be very, pay very close attention to the types of keywords that you're sending to the shopping engines because the shopping engines just work like regular search engines. They're looking for relevant keywords. And I guarantee you that, that consumers are not searching for fuzzy bundle of warmth. They're, they're searching for red cable knit sweater. And if you don't have that, you're not going to be found on shopping.com, Nextag, or Google product search. Now, I have to ask, and I know we're running out of time, so I need to make sure to, to squeeze this in here. Um, you were talking about writing different titles, different descriptions uh, for, for both your visitor to, make, you know, to attract the click as well as uh, to actually rank. This is how you know, we go up against companies like Target, uh, to, use, uh, to use a past example, is it may not be that they're the strongest site uh, that they rank, but that they have paid attention to what, uh, what in this case, Google wants. Uh, to rank in the shopping results, and so they win. Now, of course, with any anything like this, as soon as money's involved and you've got especially Internet marketers involved with, with doing these things, what happens when we hit a situation where many companies, uh, a plethora of companies, have all paid attention to all of the things that need to be done? They've all tweaked. We've all paid attention to, to what titles and descriptions and, and this and that are ranking. What becomes the tiebreaker when all else is kind of kind of jam packing? Will 
Google have to start to take a look, or, or one of the other, you know, any of the other shopping engines start to take a look at what is the original domain strength to decide who's a more reputable resource, who has a better star rating. I'm only mentioning that one because I'm looking at Google, or who has more ratings, and what are those ratings? Do they get that specific? Will is that the direction they're headed, or um, is this? For now and for this foreseeable future, an easily you know quote unquote gamed system, uh, where as long as we can figure out what the titles, descriptions, and all the other elective categories might be, that we too can beat out a company like uh, Walmart. So that's an amazing question, and truthfully, I can't wait for the day when everyone's submitting great product, great uh, quality data. So to answer your question really briefly, right now merchants just aren't doing it because. It's the e-commerce platforms that they're on don't allow you to easily create alternative titles or alternative descriptions or alternative categories that match up what Nextag wants. So it's going to take a while to get there. But let's look into the future and say that merchants are submitting better quality data. Then it does come down to things like ratings and reviews. So you want to, you know, all the shopping engines allow you to put a little snippet of code on your confirmation page, which basically, uh, you know, sends out surveys to people about their experience. You want to, you need to, especially in competitive categories even today, take advantage of things like that. So it's the supplemental data which will start to actually drive some uh, rankings, I believe, in the future. So, you know, it's things like ratings and reviews showing that you have great ratings from a, and, and a lot of ratings is going to make a huge difference. Showing that uh, some promotional messaging, like you can order online but pick up at the store, is going to start to make a difference. You have to sort of start to think, you know, if this com- becomes commoditized, what is it that you as a merchant really offer better than anyone else out there? So definitely number one would be ratings and reviews. Number two, I'd start to think about those promotional items. Um, and you'll see some things like that in uh, Google product search with free shipping. Um, on Shopzilla, they'll accept a sale price versus just a normal regular price, and highlighting your sales can make a big difference, um, or clearance offers. I think coupons can start to make a big difference. If you go to most shopping engines like Price Grabber or Shopzilla, um, or the find.com or become.com or smarter.com, they'll all start highlighting coupons as well. Um, so all of those things can make a big difference as things get more competitive. But number one, right now, you have a great opportunity to just submit better quality data and more of it to the shopping engines. You know, Brian, having, uh, having listened to you for the last hour, it strikes me there's as much to learn about shopping engines for, uh, for webmasters as there is to learn about SEO for webmasters. I mean, it's just a, a, a an incredible amount of incredible amount of information you have, and there's a lot of merchants out there who spend all their time running their business, which is exactly what they should do. They know they have to be, uh, you know, uh, more exposed on the search engines and definitely more exposed through shopping engines. You've been a great sport. You've given us a whole bunch of your time today. Uh, let's give Single Feed a quick plug. How do people get in touch with you, and uh, how do they engage with your service? So. Uh, easiest way, just go to singlefeed.com, um, and you will see our phone number at the top. You'll see lots of information on our site. We will also, we're doing a site redesign soon, so there will be a better site up very, very soon, but give us a call. Um, also, my email address is brian at singlefeed.com, brian with an I, um, and you know, I'll take your call anytime. 
um, and I'll, I'll reply to emails very quickly. The other thing I'd say, just you know, as a passive uh, you know webmaster who might get involved with this at some point, take a look at um, our sister website called LoveYourFeed.com. Um, you know, it's a, it's not we don't we don't advertise a lot on it or anything like that. It's just lots of great data feed optimization or data quality tips. So most people hate their data feed because it's such a pain to deal with. Go to loveyourfeed.com and you'll get a lot, get lots of information about how to um, submit a better quality data feed. And then obviously go back to singlefeed.com, start a start up an account with us. It's only hundred dollars at a minimum. Or you know if you want more in depth information and more data feed optimization advice, um, you know it goes up to six hundred dollars per month. So I think that we offer a great service for small and medium-sized businesses, anyone up to $20 million in revenue. But uh, check out loveyourfeed.com as a great free resource as well. Well, Brian Smith, a.k.a. Brian at singlefeeds.com. Thank you so much for spending time with us on Webcology today. Friends, that was Brian Smith from singlefeed.com. Arguably the authority in shopping engines out there on the web. You've been listening to Webcology here on Webmaster Radio, and I'd like to remind you that you can hear Webcology live Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, here on WebmasterRadio.fm or through the iTunes Radio or through iTunes Radio. You can also listen to podcasts of Webcology by downloading them from the Webmaster Radio archives or finding us on iTunes. I want to mention Affiliate Convention. I'm not going to get a chance to, but I do get a chance to say that following us is Affiliate Marketing Insider, Office Hours with Vanessa Fox, uh, The Shoe Money Show, and tune in tonight to Rainmaker. Joey Greco from Cheaters is uh, is guesting on Rainmaker. Dave, have a great weekend. I'll talk to you next week, bro. Thank you.